Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Ashback. And after last week's episode, I want to be sedated. Hey, finally, a, a good song quote. Oh, I wrote that myself. I didn't know oh, that's that's a, that's an original? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? It's not original? No. Who's, who sang that song? Uh, they were called the Ramoners. <laughs> uh, they're actually a cover band of the Ramoms. Oh, I thought that was maybe something from... Uh, uh, the Scott Peterson uh, movie with starring Michael Sarah. Um, what movie with that? Yeah, Scott Peterson versus the world. Oh yeah, starring yeah, yeah. Michael Sarah. That was a good movie. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth yeah, yeah. Uh, Winstead. Yeah, yeah. I liked it best whenever he uh, wanted to date his cousin. <laughs> okay. Anyways, it's the end of the month, so what that means we are talking about the number ones for the month of February. Yeah. Before we get into that, I want to talk about some news though. Okay. Because I need I need some opinions and I need to know how I feel about spoilers things. for all the books we're talking about and spoilers for the news. Oh yeah, news yeah. spoilers. Uh, this first one, this is a bit of news for you, Alex, and some fans of Scott Snyder out there. Uh, the most he legally changed his name to S K A T T Snyder. <laughs> Scotty Snyder. Yeah. Uh, I hope he just uh, changes his middle name to Young and he's Scotty Young Snyder. I hope he changed it to Scotty Rude Boy to really uh. Really get down to his roots. Ah, there we go. Uh, American Vampire is coming back. Oh, is it really? Officially. American Vampire is officially coming back. one of his actual hiatuses is actually a real hiatus and coming back. It's ending. Uh, Just like we all wish the saga hiatus would end. Okay. uh, So is... Not American Vampire ending. But is American Vampire, is it coming back for like an extended run? I have no idea. Okay. But it's coming back. Still, Rafi Albuquerque, still the artist as well, I assume. Absolutely. Okay, amazing. I can't they wait. Got the, they got the team back on board. It'll be back uh, for the year 1976. If you've read American Vampire, uh, it is a comic that is dated and spans uh, centuries. Yeah. Uh, decades, centuries. No, definitely not, <laughs> no, not centuries. Technically, definitely it's a century. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Any release date yet? Rough tentative release date? Nope. Uh, he literally uh, typed up a note in excel i want to say it was and posted it to his instagram and said it's happening it's official and it just like very unofficial just like witches is coming back any day now <laughs> oh my god okay that is a pain point well i think jack only does one comic book issue I, a year. i treat scott snyder's hiatus announcement like i treat like dc film announcements i don't want to get excited I yeah. don't believe it's happening until so, I actually see it with my own eyes. Here's the issue with that: is it is a Vertigo book. So oh, that is what, interesting. Who is going to be? Picking, I'm sure it's going to be on DC. Yeah. maybe Black Label, maybe Hell House. Uh, oh, I fucking hope not. That would seem yeah. weird to me. That would seem weird, but they could since DC. That's seemed, a big get for for that. Yeah, for that label. DC seem. Seems really into brand new labels right now. Like they could just put it on its own brand new label. But I love put it. Put it on Wonder Comics. I hope they start. I hope they start put it on Vertigo. <laughs> they just bring Vertigo. They're like we made a huge mistake. Actually, not this is part of your news, but uh, Dan Dio uh, is out at DC. Yeah, uh, that's big news. So maybe Vertigo will come back. Probably not. But yeah, I mean that's big news. He's been with the company forever. He's been b- behind a lot of great changes and a lot of terrible changes for some people that they believe. Yeah, so I mean, his big uh, claim to fame was he was the new Fifty Two creator. Yeah, 
and he helped uh, he really helped bring a lot of like new readers to comics and readers in fact yeah. I mean really new 52 is what got us start reading Batman anyways and what got yeah. us reading in the DC universe that was um, my first like really big yeah. toe dip into the Batman like I'd read a few Batman comics before but that was yeah that was the, the, the stuff yeah I so mean, starting off with Court of Owls, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not? So I mean, it'll be interesting to see who replaces them and yeah. what changes they make. Huge if any. shift there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of massive shifts, Disney's CEO is out. Uh, do you have any thoughts or feelings on this? Uh, I mean, I've I've liked Bob Iger as a CEO. Obviously, he's done a lot of. If you're a Disney fan like I am, he's done a lot of good things for I Disney. I only like him because his last name is one word away from Tiger. <laughs> Never that thought would about be a that. Really cool yeah. last name, Bob uh, Tiger. But yeah, so I know he's going to stay on through 2021 to help the transition, uh, be part of the executive board, I believe. Uh, so I'm the person who's taking over was head of parks. Uh, so we'll be interested to see how they spearhead. That's going to be such yeah. it's a weird change. Yeah. It's a weird position to take over the whole company. Yeah. But All like right, Bob see. Iger was once just like a news anchor and then he worked his way yeah. up to that. I so. mean, the CEO, the guy that, that is new CEO, uh, who's in charge of parks, they have been adding a bunch of Marvel and Star Wars shit. Uh, I got to go see. I don't even know if we talked about me going no, to Star Wars Land. No. Uh, After Dark, at crashing. Disneyland. Yeah. 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 Holy shit, that place is incredible. If if we can expect anything like that from this guy, that's true. I think we can expect some some good things, yeah. some big things, hopefully. Anyways, speaking so, of Star Wars, finally get my Emperor's New Groove Land. I've got I've got Star Wars news for you. Alex. Okay. Big. Is this Star the Wars Star news. Wars like young adult book line? It's not just young adult. There's going to be young adults. Uh, there's going to be kid and there's going to be adult book lines uh, coming out uh, starting. It's called The High Republic and it is set 200 years before The Phantom Menace. That's interesting. I When I was like in like middle school, like I loved reading like the Star Wars novels. Like those were a big part of my life. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be new Star Wars comics as well. It's going to be a part of that line. Well, that's that's what this is all about. The High Republic is the new comic book coming out. There will be kids versions. There's going to be young adult versions. Uh, and there's going to be actual dope ass comic books. So there's going to be some new canon for the Star Wars universe, which is kind of fucking awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, this is absolutely massive news. Uh, two big pieces of news for the Star Wars fans. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I, I've got for the news. But now I have an opinion question for you. Okay. Um, last week and this week there are are two massive comics that are already selling. At gigantic resale values. So I've got a question for you. Because I went ahead and called my comic book shops to try and see if I could secure one of these books. Uh, just for my collection, I've got a subscription for Batman 89. Uh-huh. Batman just in general. I got the whole Tom King run. Batman 89 sold out before it came out. Online and everywhere. Yeah. Because there's a first appearance, which is just... Basically the nose and mouth of one single character called Punchline, who is a sidekick of Joker. A comic book shop. It's like a sidekick of Deadpool. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) A a comic book shop around here, not naming any names, Atomic Pop in (laughs) Oklahoma City on Western, decided to sell this comic book the day that it was released for $25. It is a $4 comic book. What are your thoughts on them doing that? Now, I have, Keep in mind, it's sold out everywhere. Yeah, I have mixed thoughts on that. I mean, one, just typical, like, supply and demand economics in the very basic level. Also, like, you're a comic book shop, so I think you need to do what you need to do to get by and make yes. it meet. On the other hand, like, I 
I mean, I can't help but like for people who are like disappointed who'd come in hoping to get like a four dollar comic. And I hope that people who had had like on a pull order or anything or on their pull list uh, still got it at the cover price. Yeah, I I feel for those people who have it on their pull list. I assume they got it at retail value. I fucking hope they did. I also don't want any struggling comic shops to struggle, so I am kind of torn on that yeah. decision. Um, I also just kind of just think it's straight up shitty. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of a shitty thing to do. At least like give it a day or two. If it doesn't sell out. It doesn't sell out. And who cares about Batman? Okay. Batman yeah. is where DC makes yeah. their money. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's that, Booster Gold. I was just at a comic book shop earlier today. It's New Comic Book Day when we record. Uh, they had sold out of the hot comic book because, of course, they fucking did because I went there at like 7 o'clock at night because <laughs> I have to work like an yeah. adult. Uh, and you're the villain hell to pay with the first full image of the new villain is already going online for 50 60 70 bucks. Pardon me just hope that like he's just terrible like he has like no like lasting let um, me tell you batman 89 wasn't great but i know it's wow, hard that was disgusting i know it's hard to predict like how much market vomited all over himself like a real uh but like idiot. a professional i'm still going <laughs> uh but like i know like when North Star was married, I believe it was. Like, a lot of people bought those issues and thought it was going to be a hot seller because it was like the first, like, gay marriage in a ma- major Marvel or major, uh, the big two books. Uh, and I don't think that book has, like, high resale value now. So, like, some people might predict it has now, but it could obviously fade over time. Yeah, I don't see that holding up. But I mean, I don't know that this punchline thing holds up. Who knows? It's already, I mean, it went to second and third printing before it yeah, yeah. came out. So, okay. we'll see. Anywho, All right. Anyway, let's jump let's in. Let's talk about our books. Speaking okay. of DC, here we go. Yeah, we only have one DC book for the month. It is a black label book. It is Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey by I why that book came out this month. Uh, Jimmy Palmietti and Amanda Connor, uh, with art also by Amanda Connor. They have been a longtime duo working on Harley Quinn since New Fifty Two. Love the art. Me I too. Love I, so I, I love her art style, and I, I think her art style works so well with like their writing style and their voice. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's ob- not the best. No, it's okay. Like it's it's not transcendent in any form or fashion. But you know what it is? Is it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's fun. It's like it, it's their. It goes back to their better stuff. I still kind of feel like as a black label book, it's kind of disappointing. I think that's more of a DC issue because you're like, oh, black label. Like their kind of stuff is kind of raunchy and violent anyway. So like this is perfect for a black label book. But most of the stuff felt like it could appear in any uh, Harley Quinn book that, that they've written together. They don't have the black label issue, but it's a lot of fun stuff, especially at the beginning. With Superman, where they're making him wait on him hand and foot uh, because they have Jimmy Olsen captured and won't give him. And and Harley thinks that his heat vision is a power that makes people attracted to him. And that's how he got Harley, <laughs> Lois Lane, um, and stuff like that. And he talked about how he came through people's clothes in the one fight with Darkseid, how he had the upper angle on him. It got real uncomfortable. <laughs> this book is just fun. Uh, it's not uh, Deadpool, fast, witty, pop culture. It's a different kind of fun. Harley yeah. Quinn has her own distinct style when done by uh, Jimmy. And it ties into a lot of the current storylines that they've had. Like yeah. Harley and Ivy uh, are in a relationship. They're not like exclusive, but they're in a relationship of sorts. Uh, Power Girl is in there, who is in the book, is who is in their series as well. Uh, there's also, uh, I'm forgetting someone else. Uh <laughs> Bussaw or whatever his name is, the tool guy is in there too as well. So it's a lot of familiar faces if you've been reading the Harley Quinn series. Yeah, it's it's uh I mean just from reading a couple of trades I, I recognize a bunch of the characters. Tony, uh one of her beat 'em up kind of dudes. 
Yeah. There's there's a lot of familiar faces if you are familiar with this. We're going to jump into Dark Horse now and talk about Bang, written by Matt Kent, with art by uh, Wilfredo Torres. Uh, it's like Altered Carbon meets James Bond. Yeah, I think that's a good description. Uh, it's It basically it plays on the idea that, obviously, if you're a James Bond fan, James Bond has been played by many people over the years. Uh, but this kind of gets meta on it, where you have the spy on this mission, who's a James Bond type, and he goes to tackle this writer who might be, uh, what's sort of like, for like a mole. Uh, and but it gets very meta, because like, how could you have these memories when it happened in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s? And he actually encounters the writer who is kind of like Ian Fleming, who wrote James Bond. Uh, he makes him realize that he is just someone that has been, he's another of this spy, Thomas Colby, I believe is yeah. his name. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's I really enjoyed this book. Matt Kent is a phenomenal writer. If you haven't checked out any of his stuff, the guy is unique. He's creative. There are not very many writers out there like Matt Kent. He is special. If you see his name on something, you pick it up, which is why I grabbed Bang, which is our sole Dark Horse book. No, I lied. This the next one is also a Dark Horse book. Yeah, I think this was from last month, though, I believe. It is. It's yeah. from the very tail yeah, yeah, of yeah. last month. But nobody had it, and I found it this month. So I knew we had to include it, especially when I knew that we only had like seven books this month. The uh, next one is Frankenstein Undone uh, by story by Mark Magnolia. Uh, or sorry, Mike Mark. Magnolia. Oh, have you ever read <laughs> and Scott Mark Alley. Mark Magnolia before? Uh, and Ben Steinbeck. Uh, Mark, ben Magnolia, Steinbeck. Uh, Mark Magnolia actually writes wonderful technical manuals. Uh, <laughs> so I was easily confused. Uh, Frankenstein Undone is about Frankenstein from Hellboy. And it was great. It, it, it's everything I love. It's a beautiful uh, story. Movie. Yeah, it's sad. It's yeah. beautiful. Uh, it's a lot of it takes place like in the classic Frankenstein myth, uh, not myth, but in the original story by Mary Shelley. The end. Oh, so it's real. Uh, Frankenstein goes off into the North Pole, I believe, or the South Pole, I or it's even like going up north. Story, the and so it, it starts there with him uh, living on one of the poles. I can't remember which one. Uh, and then kind of devolves from there to where, much like a character like Hellboy, even when you try to avoid trouble or get away. Trouble find you. And there's other supernatural entities involved. Uh, I think it's, I want to say it's like in Marvel Snowman, I'm pretty sure it was a Wendigo type creature uh, that he encounters while he's up there. Uh, if you watch season one of the terrors, it had like that vibe too. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yep. And that makes it for Dark Horse because now we're going to jump into our actually only image book of the month. Yeah. Uh, it's basically two books in one though. So Yeah. Tartarus by Johnny Christmas and Jack T. Cole. Johnny Christmas is a great fucking name. I will say this. The trumpet player for Real Big Fish, his stage name is Johnny Christmas. So in my heart of hearts, I want to believe that he wrote this. <laughs> I chose to do no further research than that. So It probably. Yeah. Uh, why do I feel like the art is also by Johnny Christmas? And it's just the colors <laughs> that are done by this other person. I'm not I'm not even joking. Maybe. Let me, let me look while you start okay. talking about it. Uh, this book had a lot going on. Uh, I feel like almost too much for me. Uh, there were so many characters, so many things happening all at once, all thrown at you from so many different scenes. It kept jumping from scene to scene to disaster to disaster to where I didn't have enough time to grasp like and understand like what this new world was that they were talking about. I'm like, oh, it's like Dread. No, it's not like Dread. Wait, is it like Avenue 5? No, it's not like Avenue 5. And like, wait, it's got elements of like East of West, but no, it's not East of West. So I... It has all these a hodgepodge of all these elements I'm familiar with, but I'm not quite sure it's super cohesive right now. No, I need more. I almost thought at one point in this book that 
oh, is this something like when we read Copra, where this is actually a series that happened before? It's not. I thought that too for a bit. Also, yeah. <laughs> but it's good. It's enjoyable. It's just I need more information. It was it was a bit of overload. Really good. I love the art, which is definitely not by Johnny Christmas from what I just read. <laughs> Solid journalism. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump into Marvel now. We're talking about Fantastic Four, Grim Noir, uh, written by Jerry Duggan and Ron Carney, art by Matt Mello. Hey, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, uh, Jerry. Had you read any of the Marvel noir books from some years back before? I have not. Uh, I read Deadpool Noir. I liked it a lot. X-Men Noir. Oh, I did read Deadpool uh, Noir. Spider-Man Noir. They were all really good. Uh, noir was one of my favorite like genres of fiction out there. So I was looking forward to this. That, because if you're not if you're not familiar, uh, the uh, form of music ska got their hats from noir series. Uh, I mean, it's truly really more of like a chicken and egg type thing. <laughs> Um, uh, but uh, I thought this, I thought it was really enjoyable. I thought it was a lot of fun. Ben Graham plays the detective role, uh, in it obviously, uh, but I think the art and the color is what makes it stand out because yeah. it has that noir feel to it. Like that's what carries it more than the writing itself. Like the, the writing isn't great. The, the writing's good, but like a lot of it's times, fun, like yeah. like I feel like I slipped out of it feeling like a noir story or like a noir narrator. Uh, even though well, Grim Newer, it's yeah. written from the perspective of Ben Grimm, which is the worst noir angle that because you can like, because like I have like his voice like in my ben head. Fucking Grimm. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just think of Michael Chiklis naked when I think of Ben Grimm uh, because of that those two wonderful uh, films that were from the early two thousands. Yeah, I feel like that's fair because that's what everyone <laughs> thinks of when, when they think of about. Uh, Ben Grimm yeah. is Michael Chiklis naked. <laughs> if you're not thinking about Michael Chiklis naked, something's wrong. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, I guess that's fair. Uh, it did kind of remind me, uh, at least his take on it, uh, reminded me of the book Mortal Stakes by Robert B. Parker. Uh, Robert Parker is a series of noir Warby books. Robert Parker, the guy that created yeah. those sunglasses? Yes, by, by Warby Parker. <laughs> uh, no, it uh, talked... harder at my jokes, idiot. Okay. That joke was solid fucking yeah. gold. Uh, but he's a detective kind of like Spencer uh, in the Robert Parker books about someone who's kind of like a bigger, more physical presence, but not like the Bryce detective. Like there's a point in the story to where he like part of his detective work is like going to uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum and ringing on the doorbell like, Dr. Strange, you know what this is. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know if that's great, great detective work, but <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it worked for you in a way. So. Uh, you know what? Hey, speaking of detective work, I haven't said my name on this podcast in a long, long time. Do you even know who I am anymore? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Joey Joey Jr. Shavadome. God right. damn it, you brilliant son of a bitch. Oh, we're talking about the latest Star Wars I'm book Joey next. Joey <laughs> Jr. Shavadome. Um, oh, I shouldn't uh, give my ending spiel until we're done. Yeah, come on. Way to go. God. Not professional. No, not in the least. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader, uh, written by Greg Pak. Uh, Greg Pak had a short run writing the Star Wars book. Uh that got before it got taken over by wait is he running it now? I want to say someone else is running. Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron. Yeah, no, Jason Aaron and Karen Gillan. I can't remember who wrote it. Maybe it was Greg uh, Pak. Jason Aaron was definitely writing it for a long. time. And then Karen Gillan wrote it for a while, and then I can't remember right now. I'm losing my mind. Maybe I it was, think Jason it was Aaron the other now. way around. Maybe that's it. I Anyways, think you're just really stupid. So, what do you think of this book? Ah, I was gonna ask you first. Do you think Greg Pak is gonna earn his spot back in the Star Wars universe based off of this book? I thought the way he wrote Vader was good. 
uh, was yes. well done. Uh, I like. What do you think about the droid? The I like the droid. I'm doing the good droid. Can't tell you what droid companion it didn't stick out that much. Uh, it started off a little slow though. Yeah. But towards the end, like when we see like Padme's old apartment and like it was sealed like with her face, yeah. so that was a nice touch. Oh, man. And then the end twist was great and big spoilers here for it. But Padme supposedly still alive and Vader encounters her. Yeah, um, which I guarantee is not accurate or real. It'd be really cool if it was, because that'd yeah. be a major part of the Star Wars canon that gets revealed yeah. in these comics. Yeah, that I mean, that leads uh, into something really great, and it makes this whole comic really, really enjoyable if you if you tie it together as a whole like that. Because the whole comic is is just kind of a reminiscent Vader who's kind of forlorn this entire time, and you're going through all of his old stomping grounds. Here's where he killed all the sand people. Here's where his <laughs> dead parents are. Classic Vader. The classic Vader. <laughs> I did like the the panels though of like younger Anakin, uh, and then Anakin whenever he was a Padawan un- under Obi Wan. Like I thought those were real nice. Isn't Vader a virgin birth? Uh isn't he kind of like Jesus in that in that way? I don't. I I'm I'm ninety five percent. I honestly sure can't tell you. Vader is a virgin birth. That's interesting. Vader is Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I want to get into Christian mythology right now, so I'm, I'm gonna... not talking about Christian mythology. <laughs> <laughs> talking about reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're gonna jump into actually a series of X Men books, basically the rest of our uh, Marvel books. Yeah. If you don't um, want to hear about X Men books, you can turn it off because the rest yeah. of our book reviews actually fast forward like seven minutes. We're Five minutes. going to, it's the Dawn of X is over with, and now we're entering the next age of Jonathan Hickman's X-Men run. The dawning um, of the age of Aquarius. I don't know what this second age is called. We went through the it's house the of the age of, of Aquarius. Okay. It's a RuPaul thing. Yeah. Just look it up. You'll be fine. I guess that's, I can't really question Jonathan Hickman. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. If he starts writing about RuPaul's Drag Race, will you watch RuPaul's Drag Race with me finally? No. Um, <laughs> You're fucking lying and I know it. Uh, so our first book that we're talking about is actually the first solo book, uh, in the Hickman, uh, X-Men world. If Hickman wrote a book about drag queens, you would be saying Yas and Hunty more than anybody I know. It's and weird. my girlfriend and I watch Drag Race every fucking Friday night, so I fucking know. Is it on every Friday night? Like uh, new starting, episodes? Starting this Friday, this coming Friday, okay. until, so the day that this podcast yeah, comes, yeah. until like July, there is... RuPaul's Drag Race, bitch. Good Fucking for, work. Good for Ru. Good for Paul. Uh, Alex is vomiting again. Paul. He's so excited. Uh, anyways, it's Wolverine, written by Benjamin Percy. Art. Uh, there's two stories in this. First story is art by uh, Andy Kubert, who's always does fantastic art. Uh, fun fun fact: I disgust my girlfriend by calling vaginas Percy's, and she just her skin <laughs> crawls. Well, that was the. <laughs> Funnest of facts. All right, moving uh, on to the next book, skipping Wolverine entirely. Now, no, this book was great. It was fantastic. It was it really, really it was way better than I was expecting for us. So, like, I love Wolverine. I've yeah. liked a lot of Wolverine. Alex books. Alex is a slut for Wolverine. But, this is his number one book. I can tell you without even starting to get into our rankings, this is going to be his. Number I don't know one about book. that, uh, but I feel like there Wired. hasn't been a good Wolverine book in a while. I, I I feel like Wolverine has those moments where he has great books and then kind of has like a lull in his runs. But it was a great start, and I think what I liked about this is it very much ties into what's happening in the X-Men universe right now. Like, it's not like Wolverine going off on his own adventure, and it doesn't impact or affect anything else. Uh, both stories were directly tied to what's happened to mutants on Krakoa. Yep. Uh, the first story was 
a lot of fun. It's what people are getting the petals from the flowers and smuggling drugs. Uh, Wolverine is put on the case and he's a hunter, obviously. So it makes sense. He gathers part of his X-Force team. I love the idea of like the cult gathering around the gate as well. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a really cool touch. I love Quentin Quire jumping into the crowd because they worshipped him. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a nice touch and very much in line with Quire. And like, even the detective, uh, who is a new character, I fell for him. I, I thought Percy did a good job making him relatable and you want to see him succeed because his daughter's life is could be extended because she has leukemia if these new miracle drugs uh, from the X-Men get pushed onto her. That's why uh, you're wearing a shirt that says descendants because you want people's uh, children and grandchildren to live. Right? Yes, that is exactly why. Yeah, That's the it. only reason why I support this band. Yeah. It's for the kids. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't even want to talk about that band. Uh, I don't know any of their stuff. What are their, what are their hits? Uh, their hits? Okay. Moving on. Let's talk about our next comic book. They wrote uh, uh, Paint It Black. To, uh, hold on. No, we're I not think. because we haven't done the other story yet. Oh, I want to talk about it as well. Paint uh, it Black is a song by the Rolling Stones. No, I'm pretty sure it's the Stone Roses. Um, <laughs> oh, oh my god! Uh, I think I just went fully uh, gray. <laughs> you know, I'm 31 in my hair. You know black. the riff from Brown Sugar, oh. uh, completely stolen from a special song. So uh, uh, I'm under the Tina from Bob's Burgers, and then it became uh, better in a Dandy Warhol song. Oh, uh, oh my god, my skin is crawling. I don't so, feel right. Something is wrong. But Omega Have Red comes to. Uh, Oh, yeah. for, 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 for Sanctuary. And Wolverine story. just goes to kill him because, <laughs> like, that's Wolverine's instinct. But, like, do you Mag- think, uh, just by the way, if, you, if you've never read uh, X-Men, uh, the new stuff, do you think Sanctuary is a place where people go to die? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, knowing the history of X-Men, probably. Magneto stops him in the best way Magneto can because Magneto controls metal, so he literally stops Wolverine yeah. mid-attack with claws out. But they have, like, this great discussion where, like, Wolverine's talking about how Omega Red is a psychopath and it was a killer. And Magneto's like, people think the same thing of you and I. Like, I thought that was a great point yeah. by Magneto. I want, I think Magneto is OP. So I want his powers <laughs> to be more like uh, uh, the wizard Daniel from uh, Adventure Time, where he can just kind of make metal go, <laughs> yeah. like, kind of limp. Well, speaking of Magneto <laughs> being overpowered, how do you feel like this is a preview of the Jonathan Hickman Magneto book is going to be next month? I'm excited for it. Yeah. Because Jonathan Hickman's writing it. Yeah. It's so, and I trust that. The bitch. second story dealt with like Wolverine and like vampire, felt like it, w- it would be kind of lame, but it worked. I don't know why it worked. You have Omega Red working as an agent in Psychokoa now, yeah. working for Dracula and the Vampires Gathering. Working which, for butt fucking yeah, Dracula. I'm which into that. Is a force that you wouldn't think that like the X Men probably don't think they had to worry about, but that's <laughs> another force conspiring against them. Uh, along with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, thank God. Maybe they're going to introduce Blade as a mutant soon. I'd be down to that. Uh, yeah, 100%. Hashtag let's go Mahershala. <laughs> uh, and what I like about that book too, though, even the Wolverine book kept the same style as the other X-Men books with like the uh, the uh, sides, the intros, and whatever else you call them on there. Yes. Uh, our next book uh, is a one-off, much like the Magneto book next month, but it's... Emma Frost and Jean Grey giant size X Men. These uh, so this these giant size X Men books that they will be releasing are focuses on the artist. Yes, uh, and when we start talking about it, you will really understand what that means and for this book. Even though this is written by Jonathan Hickman, uh, the art's by Russell Dodderman. Say uh, that again because this person deserves all the fun. Russell Dodderman. 
Russell Dutterman did an incredible job. There's maybe 30 words in this entire book. Yeah. And but even though it's only 30 words, it goes into a big part of like the mystery of what the X-Men are right now. It talk it goes into like the revival process and like yep. what's that what's that like? Uh and there's actually a big twist that has an impact on the rest of the Marvel universe is that someone implanted a virus and storm preventing her from being resurrected that would kill her completely. Yeah. Uh, and if that virus can be implanted in her, then it can be implanted into anyone. Yeah. And how do they stop it? And it's basically, it is a very wordless. It's Jean Grey and Emma Frost going to try and bring her back, uh, or bring her consciousness back, I should say, uh, into the body. Uh, and it's what do you think? Because, like I said, there's less than 40 words. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of stuff too to where I'm like, oh, I am not smart enough to understand w- w- what he is going for in certain yeah. panels. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. It's it's I'm glad so, you felt the way I no, thought I was an idiot. <laughs> because like because like it's just something again, like Hickman continues to do different things for all these books that he's writing or overseeing. Uh-huh. Uh but it still works. There are so many great artists out there, and I think that's that's one of the things that these giant size X Men books are really doing. I mean, that's literally what they said. But it's it's really incredible what this person does. Russell Dodderville, I think you said. Dodderman. Dodderman, yeah, whatever. <laughs> really fucking incredible. I wish I didn't spend five dollars on it. I wish it was two bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I enjoyed it still. So. Uh, and next is actually our first crossover book in this new X Men universe, Hot and our word. last book as well. Uh, it's X Men Fantastic Four, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Terry Dodson. Why did I not realize this was Zdarsky's yeah. work? Zdarsky's just got his fingers all over the Marvel universe. Get uh, your fingers out of me, Zdarsky. But. So essentially, this is a five part series, I believe. Yes, I think so. Uh, if you've been reading Dan Slott's Fantastic Four, Franklin Richards has been losing his powers uh, during what that a run. Bitch. Uh, you know, Franklin Richards for a while. Franklin Richards is a mutant, so like that's where his powers and abilities come from. He's an old kid anymore. He's a young adult now, uh, I would say. And so, so he can now read Wonder Comics. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, he can now be. Uh, he can now be depressed by uh, Mark Russell anytime he wants. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, please don't read the Chronicles of Snagglepuss, <laughs> you sweet, untainted child. But essentially, Charles and Error decide it's time to bring Franklin Richards into the fold. But how do you convince someone who is the child of the Sue Richards and Reed Richards to come and leave them to join in the island nation of mutants? I thought that this. I don't know what you think. I thought this was the dumbest premise I had ever heard. I thought that this was one of the worst bits of the new uh, X-Men that I have ever seen. Uh, And I don't think it was Zdarsky's idea. I think it was pitched him and he was like, yeah, I'll write the shit out of this. I think this is one of the worst things I've ever read. See, I disagree completely. I'm on the exact opposite of the spectrum because Um, I want to know how the rest of the Marvel Universe is interacting with what the X-Men have created so uh, and their sovereign nation. They, they talk about in this, and, and doing, I'm, I'm on board for that. That I am all about. Franklin Richards, why does he have to play that? Sure, yeah, he's a mutant, whatever. Here's, here's my thing, is you literally have the smartest man in the whole fucking universe and his wife, who's one of the most powerful people in the goddamn world, and you're trying to take their kid away from him, and you're like, yeah, the, but we'll just convince him. I'll say this, I... I like I had the same thought it that like like th- there's no way, but when there's that uh, at the very end, whenever it all escalates and they fight as they tend to do. Again, uh, I thought that was uh, really stupid. Although I, 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 I did love that Charles never actually fought at all. 
Uh, it was just Magneto uh, escalating things and Sue escalating things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but part of me thought, and this, this is Cooler told in the book. prevailed, like, sort of. I, I wonder if this is, I think, maybe this is like, this is what I thought happened. Part of me thinks that Charles knew this was going to happen. Charles knew that Eric with Pyro and Bishop w- 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 would escalate things. He knew, since you can read minds, he might have known that Reed Richards implanted uh, something to, to prevent Franklin from uh, going through the gates as well. So this might have been all of like the brilliant mind of Charles Xavier playing events out with or th- while it makes it seems like he's just a passive actor in all of this. So here's here's the thing. Charles Xavier has never done anything wrong. He's perfectly flawless, right? Charles Xavier has done some bad things. Exactly. Yeah. He's fucked up yeah. a lot. And yeah. I think this is an example of Charles Xavier fucking up. Here's the thing I love about Charles Xavier. I love... His intelligence, his brilliance. I love his absolute mastery of manipulation. Yeah. And he has a lot of restraint for someone that can uh, change the mind of anyone in the entire world. Yes and no. I think that this is massive manipulation on an insane scale. On a literally insane scale. Like, you should never be doing anything like this. That that mutant isn't going to help or hurt you in any way based on this context. I I context. I know the point of it. But it drove me nuts reading this. I was screaming internally, like, this is so, so stupid. What do you and think? It's all I think Xavier's fault. What do you think of the ending with Doom uh, showing up at the of very end? Of course, Doom shows up. It's fantastic. I, I did forward. think that was uh, a good point by Franklin. He has the enemies of both mutant enemies and Fantastic yeah, Four enemies. I enjoyed that. Uh, that I have line. no idea how Kitty Pride, Franklin, and Valerie are going to beat Doctor Doom. Uh, I don't see that happening. <laughs> they're uh, not. Yeah. Spoiler alert. So it's going to be a two-issue short where it's actually Franklin getting murdered <laughs> and then three issues uh, of a funeral and apologies. Uh, it'll be getting yeah. captured or whatever. So, He's but, still an Omega-level mutant, so we'll, uh, we'll see. As always, we are going to rank these from our top to bottom. Okay. So my last place book for the month uh, is going to be Tartarus by Johnny Christmas. Yeah, I'll uh, put that. I'll mirror that sentiment. Yeah, I just, I would have liked it to actually go a little slower, which is a weird thing to say for for number one. For a book that has like sixty pages almost, I wanted to go slower. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, they tried to fit an entire trade into a book almost. Uh, I think my next one is going to be Star Wars Darth Vader by Greg Pak. I liked it mostly just because of the last like six pages. Uh, and I thought the beginning was a little bit too slow for my taste. I'm going to put Fantastic Four Grim Noir next. Uh, I like Jerry Dugan a lot. I think he's very hit or miss for me, though, sometimes. I'm going to go with Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. I enjoyed the book. It was fun. Uh, but it's much of the same thing that I've read by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmietti. Yeah, that's a little surprising. Uh, Palmietti? Palmietti? I don't know. I only speak very poor English. Uh, next for me is going to be Fantastic Four X-Men I am not that big into whatever happened here uh, I love me some Sadarsky, but uh, some of his writing on Marvel isn't the most impressive thing in the world to me uh, I'm going to go Fantastic Four Grim Noir uh, I liked it uh, for the part, but mostly the art like the art was so fantastic in this book and the I cannot understand was, I cannot understand really, that really really good uh, I, I only wish that the the writing style mirrored that but with Ben Grimm it's it's yeah, really fucking yeah, tough. yeah it, it, it's a tall order. <laughs> uh, next for me uh, is going to be the giant size X Men Jean Grey, Emma Frost. 
Jonathan Hickman, you can do no wrong, sir. Uh, and thank God you, you're letting artists shine because not only is the cover beautiful, but every single page is some of the most beautiful art. It almost reminded me of like seeing like Trad Moore do his great stuff on uh, Silver Surfer Black. Yeah, yeah. It's an entirely good different style, but like the splashes and full page things that you get here, this book is worth its money. Yeah, I'm actually right there with you. That's my next one as well. Uh, I thought it was a great book. It's just something different and unique. Uh, I think as standalone, it doesn't work. But if you're reading the other X-Men books, then then yeah, I think it's one that you should read because yeah. it builds a lot in the series. And I mean, it's part of a series that's supposed to, you know, show show off the art of, of some great Marvel artists. And I think that uh, maybe collected in a trade, you might see something. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely extraordinary. And if you're really into Breaking Benjamin ads for the new album, then oh. just pick up any Marvel book oh. this week. Oh my god, these Breaking <laughs> Benjamin ads on Marvel Comics. I want to kill myself. Uh, next book for me is going to be, so we're in the top five now. I'm going to go with Darth Vader Star Wars. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not near what Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader was. Charles Sewell's run was really good on oh Darth Vader, god, too. Oh my god, was it incredible. Uh, it's not near either of those. Those things are, are legend status in the Star Wars comic uh, verse. Uh, I'm going to go with Frankenstein Undone uh, by Mike Magnolia. Uh, I mean, Who? Mark Magnolia. <laughs> uh, Mark sorry, Magnolia. Steel Magnolia. Uh, but the, probably the best film by P.T. Anderson. Uh, but it uh, it was, I mean, everything you want from this book. Like, it, felt, it felt like classic Hellboy, which is what made it so good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I'm kind of if it was an ongoing series, I, I might rank this higher. But knowing that this is just the first of five, I almost wish there was a little more. But I'm I'm on the same page. Hellboy or sorry, Frankenstein Undone is going to be there with me too. As uh, my number four book. Uh, my are you at number four? Because I only have three left. I guess that makes sense. Oh no, I got yeah, I got three left. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, uh, my next one is going to be Bang by Matt Kent uh, and Wilfredo Torres. Uh, it was great. I have just only recently started reading stuff by Matt Kent. I feel like I'm well behind, and now I'm all on board w- with everything he writes. Attaboy. Uh, that makes me very happy to hear. Uh, next for me, number three, is Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. I was pleasantly surprised by this. And surprising me in a good way uh, is always a good thing, especially when there's a book that comes out after a movie, and I'm like, clearly, there's correlation here. You're supposed to be promoting this, like, blah, 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 blah. I get it. I expected this to suck, and maybe that's why I enjoyed it as much as I did, because I thought it was... Yeah, maybe that's, that's a good point, too. Yeah, considering that if you just, it comes across as, like, a tie-in to the movie, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I was Especially really because, like, on the cover, you see Huntress, you see Renee Montoya, you see uh, Black Canary, and I guess maybe Orphan? Maybe, I don't know. But it doesn't look like Orphan. Uh, it looks more like the character who was uh, in yeah. the movie. But we, we don't even get Black Canary in this book at all. Uh, and Rina Montoya only shows up, shows up at the very end. Yeah, this book does something that is, uh, I thought the movie really missed on, which was focus even more on Harley Quinn. Yeah. She is such a, a superstar that you've and got to focus on. how she sexualizes her. everyone. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. who you are. Uh, she wants to bang you. Uh, my next book is going to be my number two book. is Fantastic Four, X-Men. Down with the Fantastic Four. I'm ready for the Mutant Uprising. I hope Doom sides with the X-Men. Because really what Charles Xavier has done has defeated Franklin Richards and Sue Richards better than he ever did. Yeah, and that... And without even lifting a finger. To me, this book just seems flat out wrong. Like this You're book wrong. should 
not exist. Be adapted into a feature-length film right now, I agree. No, oh my god. This book was not good. Um, And not because of the writing. Uh, I think the premise itself was one of the worst things I had ever read. Uh, Given what I've seen on, on Hickman's run, I have been rarely disappointed. Matt's on my list now. And this was one of the most disappointing things I've read in a long time. Just because I know how great this series can be and is, it it seemed to me like a wild departure. It seemed to me uh, unnecessary and just careless. You're unnecessary and careless. <laughs> well, sure, sometimes. I love Chip Zdarsky. Uh, instead of reading this, you should go check out Sex Criminals, the final arc. You should. It's just way all better Sex Criminals. Than this or his Howard the Duck run, which was amazing, too. Yeah, it sure is um, way better than this. My number one book of the month is... is, If this book wasn't yours, if this book was mine, I would be stepping on it in front of your face. Uh, My number one book of the month is Wolverine by Benjamin Percy. I'm going to give you my number two, but that's fine. No, that's fine. What's your number two? (laughs) We're going to agree on our number one with with Wolverine by Benjamin Percy. So my number two is Bang by Matt Great choice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot there, bud. Uh, So fucking good. Just really impressive what this guy is able to do. And I don't know if you read the interview in the back. No, but he, come on. He equates uh, what he's doing here to and, writing and the it's Bible. Joking. Oh my god! I wish uh, to writing. So you're saying that his interview was not worth reading, essentially? <laughs> yeah, don't don't check it out at all. He's he's equating this book to to Black Hammer. Uh, and talking about <laughs> creating a spy universe similar <laughs> to the Black Hammer universe, and. It's it's really an abrasive interview, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, who was interviewing him like this? And it turns out it's like himself as one of the characters <laughs> in, in the fucking book. That's pretty great. Uh, it was it was really enjoyable. I enjoyed the book that much. I usually don't read the after book stuff unless I really am just in love with it. So all the sex criminal stuff, I read every yes, last word. Yes, of course. Word. I read every line of the Breaking Benjamin ads. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the bang the bang interview at the end of it is. Is very funny and you should definitely check. Okay, it out. so number one, Wolverine. Yep, fantastic, good work, Benjamin Percy. Benjamin Percy was a fantastic writer on Green Arrow. Uh, his X Force run has been enjoyable, but I think this is his best work from Marvel yet so far. Yeah this this was a book that uh, deserved the title of, of number one. Also, a book that had a lot of great covers for all, it had a ton of great variants, oh, and, and even the regular cover is fantastic yeah, too. It's really good. Uh, you should go spend. Oh my god, this book is like eight or nine dollars. I think it's eight bucks. Yeah, it's one of the most. But it's essentially two. It, it it is two story. It is like two full comics in one. Yeah, I still don't feel like I'm gonna get a deal though. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, seeing that the cost in that book, I was like, oh fuck me. <laughs> but it's a great book. Yeah, it is. Both stories are incredible. Yeah. They introduce fucking Dracula in a Wolverine yeah. book. It's goddamn insane, but it's incredible. It's amazing. And like, especially like that last like page, like the full like page, where it talks about like different like blood types, and they're just lying about how, but Wolverine's blood co- complicates all this. Like, I thought that was a great, uh, a great line. Uh, but anyways, join us next week. We're going to be talking about DC Heroes. It is a reality game show that's on the DC Universe app uh, <laughs> with Sam Witwer and Freddie Prince Jr. and some other celebrities who I don't know. We are uh, going to be running a full season speculation podcast. It'll be about <laughs> four and a half hours. Where we're going to play out a simulation of what we think the entire season is going to be based off of one episode. Uh, so that comes out later. I want to say it comes out on Friday. Uh, so watch it and uh, give us your thoughts. 
But as always, you Give can email us your T-H-O-T-S. Bring you can them thoughts. Email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Uh, you can go onto our Instagram. Every time that you say that, I'm caught off guard. I'm like, uh, I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can say the same thing. Like, subscribe, download our podcast. Um, show it to your, your best friend and then. And your worst burn enemy. Your phone in front of them. <laughs> yeah. She show it to your worst enemy. Do a real Conan. <laughs> Conan, uh, O'Brien. Yes, of course. <laughs> Pull a Conan. Yeah. Is there, are there other Conans? <laughs> Yeah, my favorite comic book is is the Conan O'Brien book by Jason Aaron. Yeah, it, it's really gritty. <laughs> I don't uh, have anything else to say. Okay, for the Hinchman of Comic, I'm Alex Ashback. And I read comic books sometimes. Hinchman ain't easy.